Hi, welcome back to La Belle Vie. Today I'm going to cover the Tiger Woods cases brought by his ex-girlfriend, Erica Herman. But before I go into details, including Ms. Herman's response brief that was filed on Friday, Tiger's reply briefs that were filed over the weekend, and the hearing that was held today, I wanted to make a general comment. This is the reason it is not a good idea to get romantically involved with people that work for you, an employee. Now, this isn't a statement that's pro-Tiger or pro-Ms. Herman or against either of them. Um, it's really rather a comment on best practices because when these relationships occur, they tend to end up in a legal quandary like what we have here. So just a little piece of advice, not legal advice, just my you know best practice opinion. So I ultimately think this will settle. Um, but for Tiger, as we know, he is going to continue pushing hard for this for these cases to be um, handled in mandatory confidential arbitration and outside of the eyes of the public. So if his motion to compel, which we're going to talk about ultimately today, that was the hearing, if that doesn't succeed, then I think this gives clearly his ex-girlfriend, Erica Herman, some um, bargaining power. So each party's negotiation power is important because this will ultimately determine what the financial settlement will be. And I do think that's going to happen. I think ultimately this is going to be settled, whether it's settled through mandatory arbitration and even then if they could still settle, what depending on how that comes out, or if this does move forward in the state court system, I do think ultimately it will settle. But that's just my opinion. So where this all began is um, in October of 2022, when um, Ms. Herman and Tiger broke up. Ms. Herman filed her original lawsuit, which was on October 26, 2022. And this was against the trust that owns Mr. Um, Tiger Woods' home. And it, and it alleged a violation of Florida's Residential Landlord-Tenant Act. Now, in her complaint, Ms. Um, Herman alleges that there is an, a, an oral agreement that gave her the right to live in the residence for a certain period of time. And she said at the, and she alleges at the time of the breakup, there was five years left on her oral tenancy agreement. Now, very famously, the amount of her lawsuit is for um, an, at least $30 million, which she alleges would account for the monthly rental value of was what was left of that remaining five-year oral tenancy agreement. So in November of 2022, the trust filed a motion to dismiss her complaint on the grounds that first, she doesn't qualify as a tenant entitled to protection under Florida law, and also because her oral tenancy agreement, her alleged oral tenancy agreement of five years is barred by Florida's statute of frauds. And what, if you're not aware, in Florida and in many states, um, a rental or a, a, a a rental agreement, if it is in excess of one year, it must be in writing. 
So in December of 2022, the trust also moved to compel arbitration of all claims. Um, the trust argued that Ms. Herman brought the litigation against the trust and not the real party um, himself, which would be Tiger. And they, they allege in this motion that the reason they did that was because there is a non-disclosure agreement with Tiger that has a mandatory arbitration provision in it. So in other words, she didn't sue Tiger, but she sued the trust to kind of gain leverage and avoid that NDA that would compel her to go to, again, confidential mandatory arbitration. And they also claimed that this was a strategic decision to try to make her lawsuit a public one versus a confidential one. And that's probably what their strategy was. And I think it's a good one because, again, if everything's confidential in arbitration, you know, that's what Tiger is going to want. Obviously, public figures and famously Tiger has a very strong interest in keeping um, situations of his business and, and in particular his personal life private. So if she's able to bring these claims in a public forum, this would presumably add to her negotiating power, as I mentioned before. So we also learned in that motion um, that the trust brought to compel arbitration that Tiger had filed his, his actual own arbitration proceeding also against Ms. Herman involving the same set of facts and circumstances that are part of Ms. Herman's complaint in state court. So then in January of 2023, Ms. Herman filed her opposition to the trust's motion to compel arbitration and a cross motion for an order that the court must determine the validity of the arbitration agreement in the NDA, non-disclosure agreement. That's an, I'm going to refer to that as an NDA. She argues that the federal ending forced arbitration of a sexual assault and sexual harassment act of 2021. That's a that's a mouthful. I'm just going to start calling this the Ending Forced Arbitration Act for ease of purposes of this video. But in any event, she argues that because of that act, the court is the one, not an arbitrator, that should decide the validity of the arbitration provision. We also learned that Ms. Herman had filed a similar demand in Tiger's arbitration case, saying that it should be terminated on the basis of the Ending Forced Arbitration Act. Now, in subsequent court filings, we learned that Tiger's arbitration proceeding was ultimately placed in abeyance due to this issue about the Ending Forced Arbitration Act. So then on March 8th, 2023, Tiger himself, who was a non-party to her lawsuit against the trust, filed a motion to intervene in the suit. And then finally, this is with respect to the trust litigation, on March 13th, 2023, the trust filed a motion for determination that the claims brought by Ms. Herman are not subject to the Ending Forced Arbitration Act and first argued that she's never asserted any claim for a sexual assault or sexual harassment, and therefore it's not applicable to this case, and it's insufficient to relieve her of her obligation to participate in arbitration. So... This is where we are to date with respect to that litigation Ms. Herman brought against the trust. And the trust, again, is what legally owns the, the property and Tiger has a life estate um, 
in the, in the property until the trust ends. Okay, so now to the action that Ms. Herman brought against Tiger himself. And this is the litigation that was subject to today's court hearing on May 9th, 2023. So on March 6, 2023, Ms. Herman brought a declaratory judgment action against Tiger. And what this action centers around is the enforceability of the non-disclosure agreement, including its mandatory arbitration provisions. She also wants to have the court make rulings on the scope of the NDA if it turns out that it is a valid NDA. And uh, she then amended her complaint for the declaratory judgment on March 16th, 2023, adding in some additional details, including more details about her employment with um, Tiger's Restaurant. Now, what she has specifically asked the court to declare in her action is that, one, the NDA is not valid or enforceable for a number of reasons, such as expiration, lack of consideration, illegality, unconscionability, public policy. The second thing is that in the alternative, if the court finds that the non-disclosure agreement is valid and enforceable in any part, she wants the court to define the specific scope of her obligations. What she's asking for is that the arbitration clause in the NDA be held to be unenforceable in this declaratory judgment action because under, and it should be decided by the court and not the arbitrator under the Ending Forced Arbitration um, Act. And then finally, she's asking for the court to declare that the NDA itself is not enforceable under the Federal Speak Out Act. So on March 23, Tiger filed a motion to compel arbitration. Now, the first argument Tiger makes is that the Ending Forced Arbitration Act does not apply to the arbitration of Ms. Herman's claims that she is seeking here. Now, he agrees that it is the state court that must decide whether the Ending Forced Arbitration Act applies, um, including whether her claims are even related to sexual assault or sexual harassment, which he alleges they aren't. Um, he further argues that she is not a victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment. Now, this is where we get to the filings over the last few days. So first, Ms. Herman filed her response to Tiger's motion to compel last Friday. This is the pleading that got a lot of attention in the news over the weekend. So in this um, response brief, she alleged for the first time that Tiger forced her to sign the NDA when she was an employee or else be fired from her job. She points to the fact that the complete NDA has not been disclosed in litigation but not for long. She also alleges that Tiger needs to prove with evidence that she agreed to arbitrate and that arbitration is proper. Now, I'm going to share my screen now because I want to show you some more facts that we did learn in her response. Now, here's where we find out more information about the background of their relationship, both professionally and personally, as well as timing. So in 2014, Mr. Woods hired Ms. Herman to work for him on the development and launch of his restaurants, the, Wood, the restaurant, The Woods Jupiter. After the restaurant opened, Ms. Herman continued working there as director of operations. 
Through 2015 and 2016, Mr. Woods and Ms. Hervin developed a romantic relationship. And around the end of 2016, Ms. Hervin moved in with Mr. Woods. In May of 2017, Mr. Woods was arrested for DUI in a widely publicized incident. On August 9, 2017, it was reported that he had agreed to plead guilty to reckless driving and to enter a diversion program to clear his criminal record. The motion asserts that also on August 9, 2017, he and Ms. Ehrman executed the Woods NDA. Now, what's interesting about that is, and this came up in the hearing, is that the reason that they said the motion asserts that is because they've argued in her brief that she doesn't remember this signing of this NDA. And that was, a, that was also reiterated by her counsel in the hearing today. Um, that date was years after Ms. Herman started working for him and the start of their romantic relationship. And again, here, the motion asserts that the alleged execution of an agreement on August 9, 2017 happened at the outset of their relationship and shortly after commencing the relationship. That assertion is wrong. They had been in a relationship for years by that date. And so here we go. She does not recognize the form of the alleged agreement submitted as Exhibit A. She doesn't recall signing it. Um, so, but, but she does say that the terms provided that it was, um, for her purported opportunity to spend more time with him and be employed at the restaurant known as the Woods Jupiter. So shortly after August 9, 2017, the nature of Ms. Herman and Mr. Relationship changed in two ways. First, the relationship was previously private, but in the fall of 2017, it became very public she talks about how she was wearing player spouses badges at tournaments and she would pose in public photo opportunities. And she even posted photos of herself with Mr. Woods, their friends and colleagues on social media with Mr. Woods' knowledge. Now, this is going to go to her argument that he's waived arbitration. So Mr. Woods never invoked an NDA to stop such publicity and such activity would and such activity would have been prohibited if an NDA wasn't in force or effect. Well, there was an NDA in force, but second, the employment relationship at the Woods Jupiter that was apparently contemplated in Exhibit A was terminated. Specifically over time, Mr. Woods placed increasing pressure on Ms. Herman to stop working at the restaurant and devote herself full-time to their relationship and caring for him and his children. She succumbed to that pressure and her work at the restaurant stopped in 2020. When this occurred, Mr. Woods did not ask for their personal relationship to be governed by an NDA or arbitration agreement. And notably, the purported arbitration clause that Mr. Woods asked the court to enforce states that arbitration will be the exclusive manner of resolving all disputes. And then she says an arbitration agreement might make sense for the employment relationship, but it would be entirely different for Mr. Woods to request and enforce for such an agreement as it related to the party's purely personal or romantic relationship, which is why it never happened. I don't know that that's a, an argument. I mean, it is known that most public figures and celebrities have people sign NDAs, not even just with personal, like even with just friendships. So um, I don't know how persuasive that argument is. But then this is going to her waiver argument. So she says, indeed, as it relates to their professional personal relationship, the couple experienced disputes, none of which either of them took to arbitration. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, you get in a fight and you're going to be like, OK, let's go to arbitration. I mean, 
The details of those disputes are beyond the scope of this memorandum, but when the relationship ended, Mr. Wood's actions were particularly revealing. So here's where we get into more information about what happened with the breakup. Specifically in October 2022, a dispute arose between Mr. Woods and Ms. Herman about whether she would be permitted to continue living in the house and whether their relationship would continue. Mr. Woods did not take this dispute to arbitration. Instead, Now, this part is kind of mean. I mean, it is mean. I mean, the way this all went about is horrible, by the way. I'm not condoning Tiger Woods in any way for this. I'm just commenting on the legal arguments, the legal aspect of it. I'm not commenting on the personal or moral aspect of it. Um, so instead, he called a California attorney who promotes himself as Ray Donovan with a pen to unceremoniously eject Ms. Herman from the house through trickery and break up with her for him. That's horrible. The scheme involved convincing Ms. Herman to pack for a weekend excursion to the Bahamas. She and Mr. Woods often traveled on short notice for quick getaways, and she was told this would be such another trip. So she took a minimum she took a minimum of items expecting return home in a few days. He, which I guess is Tiger, then drove her to the airport where a private plane was waiting. But instead of boarding the plane, Mr. Woods told Ms. Herman to talk to his lawyer and Mr. Woods left. Just so odd, right? Anyway. Then Mr. Woods' California lawyer out of the blue told her that she was not going anywhere, would never see Mr. Woods again and had been locked out of the house and could not return. She would not even be able to see the children or her pets again. Oh, While still in the hangar, Ray Donovan with a pen proceeded to insult Ms. Herman, advise her she had no legal rights, and try to force her to, to agree to a non-disclosure and arbitration agreement. Despite these brutish and high-pressure tactics, she refused to sign. Well, good for her. Importantly, neither Mr. Woods nor his lawyer nor any of his agents evoked some pre-existing arbitration agreement that day as they ejected Ms. Herman from the house and took away her personal property and pets. And again, I'm just talking about the legal argument. I'm not talking about morality here. After being ejected from the house and having her belongings taken away, Ms. Willerman filed a lawsuit against the trust that owns the house. We talked about that. Having failed to strong arm Ms. Herman into a non-disclosure and arbitration agreement at the airport, Mr. Woods, for the first time, caused his agents to invoke arbitration in that lawsuit. Then he, many months after his self-help ouster of Ms. Herman from her home, Mr. Woods attempted to start an arbitration related to her claims against the trust. He agreed to stay that arbitration until a court decides whether that dispute should go to arbitration. Okay. So as to her argument, she says that Tiger has failed to show the existence of a valid contract. She also argues that um, there was no meeting of the minds as to when they signed this contract and whether it was applicable to her after her employment relationship ended. She also argues that Tiger has waived his right to arbitration by his conduct for failing to bring arbitration claims every time they had a dispute, as we went through above. And she also argues that these are all factual matters that must be developed through discovery. And again, remember, her side really wants these claims to be held in a public forum state court, not mandatory confidential arbitration. So that's what this fight is about. So finally, in her response, she argues that the Ending Forced Arbitration Act applies even though her declaratory judgment complaint does not include allegations of sexual harassment or sexual assault. She claims that these allegations are not included because the threat of enforcement of her NDA. I don't know about that because she really put a lot of uh, interesting um 
facts in this response that I would argue is probably part of the NDA too. But in any event, she then argues that Tiger was her boss. He imposed the NDA as a condition, a condition for continuing to work at the restaurant after she began a sexual relationship with him, and that this is enough to place her lawsuit within the ambit of the ending um, forced arbitration act. She also alleges that her landlord, the trust, remember, made the availability of her housing conditional on her having a sexual relationship with the co-tenant, which is Tiger. And she says that that also amounts to sexual harassment. And so, and then she claims that this sum short summary of events in this response is enough to bring her case within the ambit of the Ending Forced Arbitration Act. Now to Tiger's reply, which was filed on Sunday, May 7th. There are some initial arguments in the reply that deal with the scope of the hearing that was held today on May 9th. Um, but essentially what, tar what Tiger argues is that because he filed a complete version of the NDA, which was in the reply brief, that the issue for the court to decide is whether Ms. Herman has raised a substantial issue of fact that prevents the court from going ahead and ordering arbitration. Tiger argues that there is no substantial issue of fact that precludes arbitration. Now, Tiger first argues that a valid arbitration agreement exists. Now, this is interesting because, remember, Ms. Herman alleged in her response brief that she doesn't recognize the NDA. And so, as a result, the defense filed a complete version of the NDA, an unredacted version. He al they also filed a declaration by Tiger Woods as well as Mr. Hope Huben, who is the CFO of Tiger's company and who basic, was basically in charge of negotiating the NDA with Ms. Herman. So, and as I mentioned, they filed the unredacted NDA. So Tiger next argues that Ms. Herman's claims in her declaratory judgment action do not cons constitute sexual harassment or a sexual assault dispute. Specifically, he argues that she has not included any allegations of conduct that would arise to sexual harassment or assault. Rather, she's made cursory claims that would not meet the plausibility standard under a motion to dismiss. In other words, you can't just say X and Y is sexual harassment with actually claiming conduct. Tiger finally argues that Ms. Herman has failed to allege any conduct by Tiger that is inconsistent with his right to participate in arbitration, and that any questions of waiver of arbitration should be construed in favor of arbitration. Indeed, he further points to the fact that at every opportunity, Tiger has insisted that this all go to arbitration, and he has sought his rights to enforce arbitration. So... Let's go to the exhibits because this is what I found really interesting and we'll go through that and then I'll give you um, my understanding of what happened at the hearing and my thoughts. Okay, so first we have um, Tiger's declaration. So here, this is not that interesting other than it's a declaration of Tiger Woods, but basically what he says here, I mean, he attests this under penalty of perjury that he signed it and he... It's not aware of any facts to suggest it's not his signature. 
And then over the course of his relationship with Erica, he became familiar with her handwriting and he basically attests that the signature was hers and the handwriting on the um, NDA that has her address, where she states the address is also her handwriting. And so then he says under penalty of perjury, I attest this is true. So here's the non-disclosure agreement in its full, in its entirety. And here, right here is where um, Ms. Herman's lawyers are really kind of trying to link in the language of the non-disclosure agreement and tie it to this argument that the dispute involves claims of sexual harassment and therefore should not be subject to mandatory arbitration. So as you see here, the words are, as consideration for the opportunity to continue to spend time with Tiger and to be privy to certain private and confidential aspects of Tiger's life and Tiger's professional and business endeavors and be employed at the restaurant known as the Woods Juper, owned indirectly by Tiger. And for good and other valuable consideration, I'm entering into this agreement of my own free will and, and agree as follows. So that's where they're trying to link in this argument that she was already his employee and that then they became really personally involved and that he then kind of forced her to have to sign this agreement in order to be employed at the restaurant to continue. So, I mean, that's the basic ar argument in her response brief. So the question is, is that enough to allege actual sexual harassment? Just simply the fact that the document says that and the fact that, that that's what occurred. Um, so, and then of course, down in here, you've got dispute resolution. This is the very broad um, arbitration provision, which was unredacted previously. And then here's where um, Tiger attested that this is his signature and that he recognizes this as her signature and this as her handwriting, her printed handwriting. Okay, this is where I thought was really interesting. So this is the affidavit of Christopher Hubman, who is the CFO for ETW Corp, which is doing business as TGR Tiger Woods Ventures, which is basically Tiger's business entity. And so he says, in connection with his work at TGR, he came to know Erica Herman, who was in a personal relationship with Mr. Woods in 2017. In 2017, I was responsible for negotiating an NDA with her. I first discussed the NDA with her on April 17th, 2017. After reviewing initial draft of the NDA, she asked that it be revised. She asked that revisions to the provisions regarding photographs of Mr. Woods' children. Ms. Herman's proposed revisions were incorporated to the NDA and a revised draft was sent to her on July 13, 2017. In my transmittal email to Ms. Herman, I advised her to review and consult with a lawyer and let me know if you have any questions or concerns prior to executing. On August 9, 2017, Ms. Herman delivered a fully executed copy of the NDA to my office. That same day, I emailed Ms. Herman with a copy of the signed NDA stating, attached as a fully executed copy for your files. A true and correct copy of the NDA that Ms. Herman delivered to me is attached as exhibit one. Also, so there, I mean, I think based on that, I don't know how she can argue that <laughs> she didn't sign the NDA and that's not her signature. And she's not, I don't, I don't think, I don't see how she can argue that this is not what she signed. But then what's also interesting is they included some emails about both the background on the NDA and her leaving her employment 
with the restaurant, the Woods Jupiter. We don't have the correspondence from April. I don't know why that is. Maybe it was in person. But in any event, here's the correspondence that he sent her on July 13th where he had made um, the made the revisions she had requested about taking pictures of the kids and your employment by TWJ. I wonder if she's the one that put her employment in there. Interesting. Um then she says on Monday, oh, then he sends a follow-up um, here, August 7th. Erica, just following up anticipation of our meeting on Wednesday to see if any questions, comments on the NDA I emailed to you on July 13th. And then she says, I'll bring it on Wednesday. My only concern is if by chance TW does something that brings our relationship to an end, do I automatically lose, lose my job? I don't have any problems with what's in the document because I wouldn't go public or use anything I know to hurt him or the kids. But with my whole life in his hands now, I would want to have some kind of control over my future in the business. If something happened five to 10 years down the road, I don't want to be in my 40s heartbroken and jobless. Thoughts. And so he says, in my mind, your employment by the Woods Jupiter and your personal relationship with TW are two separate items. I don't think the end of one automatically impacts the other, although I admit it could be complicated. It will most likely depend on the terms, condition, or reason for the relationship ending. The, ND, the NDA doesn't address the terms of your T, the, the Woods Jupiter employment. Only the dissemination and control of information that you become privy to as a result of your personal and professional relationship with TW. Which I think is, that's a good point. And then, um, and then he sends, remember when he says he sent her the fully executed copy. Okay, so there we go. Okay, and then here's the last email. And this is relating to the ending of her employment relationship with the Woods Jupiter. So she says, hi, Chris, after having some conversations with Tiger, we realized it's best if I remove myself from the daily operations of the restaurant. Our lives have evolved. And after four years, I realized I'm spread too, too, too thin and don't have the time or the desire to dedicate to the restaurant. In start, I was never hired to be the manager of the day-to-day -day items. I was hired to build and design a concept. I've realized I'm needed more elsewhere and I'm not happy working with the operations. I'll speak with Chris and Jess one to let you know first. I'd hold on to Jessica and let her take over, keep an, keep an eye on all the details of what makes the woods so special, all the decisions a female should make. She knows the brand better than anyone and she knows our standards, been with us for over four years. I'm obviously still around and will be to help Jess and Chris with any questions they have while I remove myself. Thanks, Chris. Some initial thoughts on the NDA. I personally think it would have better been better to have two separate NDAs, one with her employer, the Woods Jupiter, or just even one with him and not talking about her employment with the Woods Jupiter because the NDA covers information about his businesses. I think that the broad non-disclosure provision could have covered because as a result of his personal relationship, she knows thing about the, the things about the business. I think that would have made this cleaner. Um, but again, this is not a situation that's ever clean. And it's generally not a good idea to have a personal relationship, personal sexual relationship with an employee. But I think that might have been a better approach is to just not even have the employment in there and have the NDA be really truly about 
the personal relationship, because that's ultimately what I think he was trying to protect was the actual details of their personal relationship because she was his living girlfriend, et cetera. So that's kind of just my personal opinion. Again, not legal advice. Um, now, as far as the hearing this morning, unfortunately, Martin County does not uh, stream hearings. So, but from reported accounts, it appears that the court is leaning towards finding that a valid arbitration agreement applies um, based on the documents filed in the four corners of the document. So assuming that there is a valid arbitration clause, which I think that the court will find there is, then the, then it, the question is whether the claims made in her declaratory action are arbitrable. And that ultimately depends on whether the court finds that the Ending Forced Arbitration Act applies. Apparently, the judge told Ms. Herman's lawyer at the hearing that she needs more details of the alleged conduct in order for her to decide whether it's applicable. I personally think that Ms. Herman's claims that she made in her response brief are fairly cursory, and I don't know that they would sub, um, survive a motion to dismiss, which is what the few cases that have decided on it have suggested would be the standard. Now, it is true, both parties have acknowledged that this is a new statute. It was just enacted in March of 2022. There's very little case law on it. Um, although the defense did cite a very interesting case that I think is very helpful for them, but that case is not binding. So, you know, we don't know how the court's going to rule. Now, perhaps the court will agree that Ms. Herman should be able to do some limited discovery to flesh out details about the relationship in order to determine if the conduct is such that it should be part of the Ending Forced Arbitration Act, and therefore the claim should not be in arbitration like Tiger wants and should be in actual state court. I don't know. I and mean, if I had to guess, I'd say the court is likely to grant Tiger's motion to compel arbitration. Uh, that's just, I think that's where we're, I think where, where this case is going to go. Um, so we will see. Um, it is anticipated that the court will rule on this motion soon. Uh, she did not file, she did not rule on the motion this morning during the hearing. Um, and that ruling may come at, as soon as this week. So we'll have to see. Um, but thank you again for joining. And I hope to see you in my next video. Bye.